This is episode 83 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your hosts, Tim Bowen. I've done over 1,300 webinars. I've never missed a day except for last week I was on a plane. You know, you can't do a webinar on an airplane or unless you probably want to get punched by the guy next to you. <laughs> <laughs> and your other host... I, I, somehow it feels like Steven needs to be here to tell a cheesy joke like that. I don't know. That, that joke was told in honor of Steven Johnson. And I don't know who that other guy is, but I don't like the sound of his voice. Today, Tim answers some listener questions and shows you the importance of journaling to focus on key indicators. We also discuss our new survey where you can ask a question and win a steady trade mystery box. Ooh. And at one point in today's episode, your concept of bad sushi will be changed for good or for bad. I don't really know. It's probably just going to change. So let's get right to it and let's get right to it now. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Today we are kind of continuing our series. We've we've talked about doing this in 2019 uh, where we're pretty much, I mean, we're almost two years into the podcast. Pretty, pretty proud of that. We've had a lot of great episodes. I think, you know, as of, as of today, the recording, we've got 80 plus episodes. So that's what, you know, 80 weeks basically. Well, I think we did a couple, uh, you know, two a weeks there, but, but still. Uh, roughly a year and a half going on two years. And, uh, part of that, we, we picked up a lot of questions and, and comments in the, on YouTube, on the blog. Please post question. Please post comments. We would love to reply to those. And, uh, you know, today, Stephen, as many of you know, Stephen is a part-time trader. He has a, he has a job. Uh, his, the nice thing is his job is booming. He's been, very busy. The company he works for is is doing very well. They've got a ton of projects, and because of that, uh, you know, you know, he's been he was up late late last night doing a sales presentation, and then also we, you know, Stephen also I'm impressed with with how many times he can show up because I think he's you know he's eight nine hours ahead of of me recording in Eastern time. So lots of times it's he works all day long. Then he's recording the podcast at 9 p.m. So he's very busy, like many of many of you guys are. So today you're being so nice to him. I know. Well, see, I'm not used to it. It's well, weird. I'm like wondering what's wrong. You're being see, really but, nice. See, but remember, my style is uh-huh. you know I would I would never say anything bad about someone behind their back. I'm very <laughs> very polite when you're here. Uh-huh. But you know, Stephen, he, he's not here. So I, again, I'll be polite. Now, once he's back. I'll be insulting him, you know, every 10 seconds, like normally. All right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, as you heard, uh, we have the producer Glenn here with us, and he's going to act as my co-host today just to kind of create that banter between the questions and the answer. And, and again, I've, many of you, Glenn has is, Glenn is popped in from, you know, from time to time. And, uh, but anyway, Glenn. And they hear him. my voice at the beginning of every episode as well. But uh, yeah, I, and I, and I've debated whether or not to try to, to do a Steven impersonation. I think I'm just going to steer clear of that. You're well, I mean, your Steven impersonation couldn't be any worse than Steven's Austin Powers. <laughs> Austin Powers. That's, that's right. That's right. So, so what we're going to do today with the, um, what, what are we calling this back to the basics? So this is going to be the first episode in February. Uh, the back to the basics episode, and we we recently put up a survey, and that that survey is going to be attached to every episode going forward. Now it's going to be attached to our YouTube channel, and what we want to do, we want to hear from you listeners. Uh, we want to get to know you better and the things that you want to hear about on the podcast, and that's mainly what I'm doing as the producer now behind the scenes, along with all of the other stuff. Is is uh, 
reviewing these surveys um, and seeing what it is that you want to see, uh, what you want to hear about. So today we're going to go through some of the questions that a few of you left. And here's the cool thing. If we use your question, you're going to get a mystery box. What, what do you think's in the mystery box, Tim? Well, I mean, you know, it's always, it's obviously a mystery, but I, I, I would hope that they would be tools that would possibly help someone become a better day trader, you know, um, but I, I, I wouldn't want to speculate because that would kind of reduce the, the mystery. You know? Well, so how about a trading journal? Like what, what is a trading journal, some, a tool that would help somebody? Yeah, I mean, and that's something that uh, you're kind of giving away the mystery now, but, uh, you know, (laughs) no, (laughs) we do have a stocks to trade trading journal, which is something that I recommend everyone use. I mean, there is just, there's so many, especially when you're getting started, there's so many intricacies. There's so many things that to keep track of. And and actually, I think it's one of our coming questions we're going to talk about as to what to track. And the nice thing about right. that, that stocks to trade journal is it gives you parameters for lack of a better term. You know, it, it talks about entries, exits, long, short, the trade rationale, is there a catalyst? And, and I think it's a, it's a great tool. And, you know, I'm very proud of our trade journal. Is it perfect for everybody. I don't know, but the great thing about it is it gives you a template and gives you a place to kind of start and then you can change it and you can go to, you know, I use Evernote a lot. You know, you can, you can use OneNote. You could, you could create your own. I actually have, I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, um, I use these in stocks to trade pro a lot, these worksheets, mm. which is very similar to that trade journal. And many members of stocks to trade pro actually take these criteria, delete some, add some, tweak some, but they many men, well, pretty much everybody just raves because it gives them a starting point. It's like, okay, where do I go from here? So, yeah, well, okay. So uh, of course, every mystery box is going to be a mystery, but the things that could be in the box, you could have trading journals, you could have t-shirts, you know, in the past, we've done things like the Steven Johnson pillowcase. We've done giant box of Tic Tacs for, you know, as like gag gifts. It could be filled with all kinds of things. I forgot about that. You know, it's kind of like, I almost get a little nostalgic. I, I forgot about the, the ridiculously gigantic box of Tic Tacs. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It seems like, <laughs> it's funny, man. Time flies. It seems like a lot longer ago than a year and a half ago. It feels, yeah. feels yeah. like three years ago, but. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, basically we'd like to encourage you as the listeners to go to the website, click on the survey. It just takes a couple of minutes to fill it out. Um, give us your name and your email address if you want us to contact you to send things to you, but, but it's optional whether you provide that information or not, but just give us some feedback, some questions, some, some things that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast. And you mentioned Tim, the stocks to trade pro and in the spirit of you being so kind to Steven and all the work that he does, I just want to like, I am amazed. I'm amazed. I've never sat through one of your, your webinars for Stocks Trade Pro, but how many of those do you do a day? You do two or three of those a day? Yeah. So, um, so basically what Stocks to Trade Pro is, and we get this question a lot because, you know, sometimes people misunderstand and they think it's like a different version of the software, you know, because, you know, many apps you might buy, like, I don't know, you know, Photoshop, and then they have like Photoshop Pro that has extra features. So, oh, right. uh, yeah. but, but what Stocks to Trade Pro is, is it's the same software, same software you use, I use, 
and you know, and if you obviously if you're a customer you're using it as well, remember we do have a seven day trial, check that link out below. But what Stocks to Trade Pro is, is basically a mentorship program where you get to work with me every day. And, and the big part of that, well, there's many things. I'll just, I'll kind of start at the beginning of the day or start at the beginning of the week. So every Sunday, you get a watch list, a swing trade watch list of the top five stocks we're looking to swing trade over, over the coming week. And, you know, if you're new, when I say day trading, swing trading, long-term trading, basically swing trade is a, is a multi-day type trade. I mean, I mean, the, the perfect air quotes, perfect date or swing trade would be an entry on Monday and then an exit on Friday, you know, so it's like a two, three, four, five day trade. Mm-hmm. So Sunday you get the watch list curated by me used with Oracle, our, 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 our algorithmic trading, uh, watch list builder. Then we come into Monday and actually every day I, uh, I'm in chat live by 7 a.m. every day, 7 a.m. Eastern. Um, sometimes even earlier. I mean, I get up earlier than that, but, uh, but every day I'm in chat live at 7 a.m. Then at 9 a.m. Uh, I go live and, and every single day, you know, we're about two and a half years into Stocks to Trade Pro. I've done over 1300 webinars. I've never missed a day except for, you know, like last week I had a, 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 I was on a plane, you know, you can't do a webinar on an airplane or unless you probably want to get punched by the guy next to you. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I, the only time I miss is like, if I, if I'm traveling, I mean, even we're coming up on spring break, I'll be in Florida with the family and I still, I still, I still remember you did that last year too. Yeah. Twice daily webinars, even when I'm on spring break. But, uh, so anyway, so I'm live from nine to nine 45. So we build that watch list. We prepare for the coming day, talk about trades into the market open. And then nine 45, uh, and through the day, I'm, I'm still in chat all day long. I mean, obviously I still might walk away for lunch or whatever, but still engaged in, in chat all through the trading day. And then I go back live at 3.30 p.m. each day. And we talk about, you know, really looking at, you know, most new traders and most listeners are probably under the PDT, which we talk about the PDT a lot. So it's a great time to kind of look at those gapper setups, Mm -hmm. those, those trades that you can take into the market close, hold them over the night, you know, trade them the next day and save your day trade. So that's live every day at 3.30. And then once a week, we do a strategy session, usually on uh, Monday nights, where we do a lot of cool stuff. We'll, we'll do swing trades. We'll fill out the swing trade sheets. We'll build scanners together. We'll uh, actually something we did in December that I had a lot of fun and, and I still hope to get Brian Shannon highly recommend his book, uh, technical analysis using multiple timeframes. So what we did in December was each strategy session, I kind of used Brian's book like a textbook mm. and we did four webinars where we broke down three or four chapters at a time, discussed it live in chat. Again, you mm-hmm. get to interact live in chat and, uh, and, and that was kind of fun. So, so we do books, we do swing trades, trading psychology, you know, a, a lot of, so you're, stuff. A gu- you're the guru. Well, in you essence, are the guru yeah. and you've got like these acolytes, these devotees, who just sit at your toga'd feet? No, 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 no. togas. No, no, no. But right. I do like that idea, though. So, but you should uh, do it. No, so I mean, really, what we're doing is, you know, I've I've got twelve years of day trading experience, and and uh, you know, I'm really trying to give back, and and I've always loved teaching. I mean, you can yeah. go to my 
personal YouTube channel and I was doing trading recap videos nine years ago because I like to give back. And, uh, it's funny. People are always like, you do two webinars a day, every single day. And how are you not sick of that? I, there's days it's like quarter to nine. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't wait till nine o'clock. I love doing these webinars. I love helping people learn the software, you know, and become ideally self-sufficient yeah. traders over time. So. Yeah. And, and I remember uh, when we were at that, that uh, trader conference in Orlando, uh, you, you had a group of people there that were part of the stocks trade pro and got together. And it just seemed like uh, a nice community and that they all kind of get to know each other and support each other through it. And I, I just, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with what you do there. And that that's part of the reason why with this paper trading challenge, we said, let's make that the prize, you know, so what we've got four people in it. Now we've, we've got Chris and Kara and Jude and Liz. And so one of them who wins it will be awarded one year of the stocks of trade pro membership. And, and have any of those been in stocks of trade pro before? I think Jude, uh, Jude is, Jude is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Jude is currently in. Yeah. So, um, Oh, and just one more thing. So just, just to kind of, kind of finish, the nice thing about, again, what I do with, with twice daily webinars, I mean, I mean, if you ask a question, like we're recording at 1230, you can ask a question at 1230, I'm answering it at three o'clock. I mean, you yeah. get the answers right away. Yeah. And then I also upload these webinars immediately and I, I log everything we talk about. I think, I call it the show notes, but uh, I think that's a huge resource because if you're a part-time trader and you're at work. Yeah. I upload those notes, upload the session right away. So if you get home at one o'clock, that morning webinar is there and everything we talked about, the tickers, the idea, the trade plan is all there in text form. So maybe you can only trade afternoons. You can peruse those notes in five to 10 minutes and you're ready for the afternoon. So I think that's a huge asset as well. Well, and, and I think the fact that Jude has been a part of Stocks of Trade Pro and she's willing to put up with you even more for this paper trading challenge in the hopes of getting more Tim Bowen with another year, that, that's a pretty good testament right there too. So and anyway, I just... I, I've always been impressed with what you've done with Stocks Trade Pro, and yeah, uh, I've done it's 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 again, you know, you talk about looking back on the time on the podcast, but yeah, um, I think I'm at like one thousand two hundred and eighty some webinars. Amazing. So amazing. so yeah, I mean, basically, you know, here in a couple of weeks there'll be thirteen hundred plus webinars. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, so what I'm doing right now, I'm taking a list, uh, a look at our survey results. I'm going down the list here and I'm just going to pick a couple of questions. Maybe we'll have three or four. And then, um, I think one of these, um, you'll do a deeper dive on with some visuals, some charts when Steven's back. Um, but here's the first one. And this is from Marcus Chan. So Marcus, if you're listening, uh, congratulations, you've won a mystery box <laughs> and we'll be in touch with you soon on how you can get that. And Marcus has this question for you, Tim. He says, I know you guys track data. So if it is possible, can you explain about what we need to track? So like the time or which green day, etc. Cause I'm currently having trouble tracking the important stuff. And also how do you interpret the data? <laughs> Great question, Marcus. And this actually kind of doubles back to where we started in the intro talking about the trade journal. I mean, there is 
I mean, there's a thousand data points. Actually, there might be more than a thousand data points once you start adding in technical indicators, et cetera. But I think, you know, the Stocks to Trade Journal is a great, great starting point to begin with. And I'm just going to go through the criteria here because these are all everything that I think you should be tracking as a new trader. That's why we it went into actually. um so this is the journal that he very well may get in the mystery box. Correct, correct. Wow. So so the ask and ye shall receive, Marcus. Here here it is. Here it comes. So another another blatant plug, but uh you can yeah. actually go back in the archives. We did a a uh a webinar or a webinar, a, a podcast with uh our associate Jamil um and he wrote the complete penny stock course. It was a great mm-hmm. podcast and this book is is it's solid, solid. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's one of those things you think about like what 20 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever it costs right. to do yeah. for you. It's worth every penny. But anyway, this journal was done with Jamil and I to kind of take his course as well as STT pro and put it in a light form, you know, mm. kind of, kind of brief, but uh, you know, the biggest things where you're going to look to track are obviously the symbol, um, and then you want to talk about the why of the trade. You know, what is the catalyst? And we've done, and if you, especially if you go back to season one, because maybe, you know, maybe you're buying 52 week breakouts or maybe you're buying earnings winners and you find that it's not working. You know, the, the biggest thing you need to track is what is the setup? What is it called? And we've done, you know, I, I keep plugging past webinars, but, you know, we've talked about this idea of naming your setup, whatever you call it. My favorite is that VWAP hold high a day break. Now, maybe. My favorite is Tim Sykes' Bad Sushi, just because I like the name. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard you like Bad Sushi. You actually enjoy food poisoning, right? You know, you know what? Okay. All right. Tangent. I have eaten raw horse sushi. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so probably in I, I lived in Tokyo for three years, and when I oh, was there, oh, okay. I, I went to a I went to a place that had this on the menu, and I'm like, I gotta try it. It was gamey. Okay, quite gamey. <laughs> I wouldn't re- I wouldn't recommend raw horse meat. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't eat it again. But yeah, I mean, I know a lot of that. People- that was bad sushi. <laughs> I know a lot of people have a, you know, a moral dilemma with eating horse and I, and I don't sure. blame them, but I know like in Canada, I think you can go to a steakhouse and get horse. A, a lot I think that's really all they serve up there, to be honest. <laughs> when, you know, when it's that cold, that long, you know, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, I noticed you've got your Star Wars shirt. It's kind of like you, you you've got to, you've got to cut that, that, what, what was that walker called? Uh, at at. And at, yes. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, you get cold, you got to cut that thing open, and you got to sleep inside. Oh, oh, you're talking about the Tauntaun. Tauntaun. Yeah, yes. when, when Han Solo goes, and I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Yep. Yeah, that was my favorite line as a kid. There we go. And that would, that would probably, if you made some sushi out of that, I'm sure it would be a little gamey as well. So. Oh, quite, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, and then, so, so talk about, you know, write down the catalyst and then, Write down what technical indicators you're using. I say, and I think we're going to talk about this in a minute, keep it to a minimum, you know, VWAP, maybe Fibonacci's, maybe some moving averages, but really probably just focus on VWAP. So if you're using a technical indicator, write that down. Track this, the previous day close. And uh, I think many people will try and buy these breakouts, you know, when, when they're just, when the stock was weak the previous day, you know, is it above the previous close? Is it below? And then great point about the bad sushi. What is the long-term chart is the, you know, and, and 
I'm going to, if you're watching on YouTube, I mean, it's pretty simple. And, but I mean, is the long-term chart uptrending? You know, is it lower left, upper right? Or is it that, is it that bad sushi chart where it's just down, 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 down. And now you're trying to buy a late day breakout on a stock that has been downtrending for 18 days. And you're like, well, why didn't the breakout or 18 months, I should say, why didn't the breakout work? So what's the catalyst? What's the long-term chart? What technical indicators? And then um, time of day. Time of day is huge. Um, and I'm glad he mentioned it in the question. I think that one, there's a lot of spreadsheets. There's a lot of journals or whatever. But, you know, we've got, we've got a, little, a little clock on here for the time of day. And that I think is one of the biggest people or biggest things people leave off is, is, is what, you know, are you buying at 9.31 AM? Are you buying, you know, at noon? Um, are you buying late day? I say as a new trader, focus late day. All right. So this, this could be a stupid question, but this is for me, just from, you know, a, a guy who's been listening to you talk about this stuff. You know, I've, I've gone through a lot, not all of Tim Sykes' videos, working on projects with him. And so I hear this stuff, but I haven't traded. I'm not a trader at all. But when you're talking about the time of day, you know, one of the things that's so impressive to me when I, I talk with people like you and Roland and, and Tim Gratani and others is how you're able to get your winning percentage up in the 70% or, or higher. Do, do, when you're looking at these charts over time and you're seeing what they did at the different times of day and, you know, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. Do, do you have a sense that like, at a play like this at 1 p.m. on a Tuesday has a 70% chance of, of doing this move. I, are those factors that you consider when you're making these trades? For sure. Now, I don't track it to that granular of a level now. Mm. I used to. I mean, oh, because now it's more I, intuitive to you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, back when I was getting started, I mean, I, mean, I, I always joke about, uh, you know, uh, Mitt Romney's binders full of women. Yeah, <laughs> I used to. Have, I had binders and binders full of charts. Um, yeah. I used to love three ring bind, and I man, I threw a lot of them away. I wish I still had them, but uh, I would track all of that time, you know, especially time of day, and that's why I was, especially back, you know, my history was I had a business, I was a part time trader. My favorite setup was that late day fade. Back when I was much more of a short seller, I would scream at myself if I traded before 2 p.m. Because I'm like, listen, dumbass, your data tells you that shorting these stocks early in the day, middle of the day is not the best setup. Wait yeah. for that late day fade or, and this is something that I think is so pivotal, or if it's that late day and the stock is now ramping into the close, you, you know, you avoid, you live to fight another day. So, um, but no, no, I mean, I tracked all kinds of data like that. And, yeah. and that's what helped me find back in 2008, 2009, up until probably 2013, 2014, when I got more bullish, that's what told me. It's like, just wait, if that thing's below VWAP, if this big ripper, you know, that's up 80% on the day and it's below VWAP into that 2 PM window, hammer it. And then if it reclaims VWAP, you stop out, you know. All right. Well, thanks, Marcus, for that question. And this next one is going I think to... Marcus come... should know my... I hate to ruin the mystery. You just interrupted me. That's so rude. Well, you don't do I that mean... to Stephen. 
You do that all the time, actually. I thought I'd do that to everybody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think think Marcus should get a journal in his mystery box, not to ruin the mystery. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see if we can game the mystery box for Marcus. Um, So he just doesn't get like used bubblegum wrappers or something like that. Cause you never know. You never know what's going to be in there. All right. So Scott Burnett is our next question. And Scott asks, uh, how do you make an entry for longs? Put your desired price in prior to the stock moving big or put it in as it's spiking or exactly what is the preferred method, if any? Well, I'm going to... And, and I don't really understand that question, Tim. I know you do. Right, right. And I'm going to speculate a little bit on what he, why he is asking this. I may, I might be, I might be right or I might be wrong, but I'm guessing that, and and what was his name again, sir? Scott. Scott. Okay. I, I'm guessing what Scott is looking to do is, is buy these big movers that are maybe breaking the high of the day. That's a setup that I love, you know, especially you look back at you know, the, the biggest one last week, we're recording this January 21st, but, but, uh, January 14th, the week of look at MBOT, that was the biggest mover last week and, you know, made every time, well, not, I mean, almost every time it would break that high a day, it would spike hard. So I'm guessing Scott is like, okay, I'm a part-time trader. I'm at work. How do I catch these big moves? And I say, you do the latter of what he said in that question. You can set a stop limit order. Now I call it a stop trigger order is a lot, but um, I use this a lot, especially again, when I was at part-time trader, because, and remember long short doesn't really matter, but I would like to short these stocks when they would break that late day level. And I, and, and back in the day, you know, I couldn't, you know, today I'm at the computer all day long. I'm staring at this thing, way too long, but I'm there and I'm ready. But when I was part-time, I had to prepare. So look at your broker, you know, get with your broker. It varies a little bit, but they all should support a stop limit order. And what that does is you can set a criteria, a stop price that then enters your limit order. So let's talk about a stock that spiked to two bucks and it pulled back and you want to buy that new high a day. So now you can set a stop limit order that when it reclaims the high, so maybe it hits 201, you enter a limit order, always use limit orders, at say 210. So once the stock prints 201, your broker then, think of it almost like an if-then statement if you're a programmer. It says, if the price is 201, enter my limit order at 210. Now, if it's a ridiculous spiker, you still might not get filled, but most of the time you will. So I think that's the biggest question he has because I'm guessing he's part-time. He's like, man, he's like, I want to buy this thing if it reclaims the high or if it breaks the 52. And then he gets busy. He comes back and he's like, shit, it did the move I wanted, but I couldn't be there. So all of you check out stop limit orders. There should every broker that I know of supports it except for maybe like Robin Hood, but, but I mean. How, how reliable are, are those uh, stop price orders? Because I, I thought that sometimes you, you, that there's a danger that a trader can put that in and then kind of relax and not really watch what's going on. And then it actually doesn't work for one reason or another. Like it, it doesn't happen right when the price hits. Is that mm-hmm. right? 
Well, there is there is danger and, and good questions. So let's go back to my scenario. Say you've got your stop at, at 201 and your limit at 210 and you're and there's two dangers. One is, again, you're away. Okay, say you've got a job, a customer walks in, mm-hmm. you might not know you're in this stock. Okay, because now it's spiked. You're busy. You're in a position and you don't know it. So you should set alerts. I mean, you should, you should, you know, however you handle that. Now, if your boss is standing there, you know, chewing your ass about something, you might be in a stock and not know it. So that's a big danger. If you're going to set these stop limit orders, realize that you can't completely disconnect because what if it spikes to 210, bad news comes out and it drops like a stone. All of a sudden you're interacting with your boss and you're in this stock. So that's a big danger. Oh, because uh, oh, I think I understand. So, so if, if you're, you're creating your plan, because I, I know, you know, you don't do this unless you've researched this and you know where you want to get in and where you want to get out. Right. Exactly. And, and so you, you put where you want to get in and where you want to get out, but it goes the opposite direction of what you were thinking. And so you're still in it and you, you would want to cut your losses quickly, but you can't cut your losses quickly because you're relying on a stop loss. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, um, you know, that is, that is the dilemma, especially with these crazy movers. Now, the one nice thing about like, say an Apple or a, you know, or a a higher priced quote unquote real stock is there plenty liquid to get you out at basically any price. But most new traders, most people watching this podcast want to trade the low price stocks that make the big moves. Yeah. And sometimes they'll just blow through your stop and you're still in. So there is a danger there for sure. Yeah. So, but I think again, the, the core of Scott's question is, is a stop limit order. So if you find yourself wanting to get in these moves and you keep missing them because you've got a day job or whatever, Check it out. I mean, Investopedia has a great uh, uh, link breaking it all down. We'll probably link that before. But I think that's just something that people feel like they can't catch these moves because they can't, you know, sit at the computer nine hours a day. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, Scott, for that question. And what I like about it, Scott. Mystery box for Scott. (laughs) What I like about it, Scott, too, is – you know, it sounds like the second part of his question. I mean, he's feeling a little FOMO, you know, he gets mm-hmm. back and the moves already happen. And now he feels like he's chasing. The nice thing about the stop limit is it helps kind of limit that FOMO a little bit. Yeah. And, and by FOMO, you mean fear of missing out, not former Mormon. <laughs> like, like you made the Mitt Romney reference earlier. So, all right. So uh, our next question, this is a great name. I, I'm not sure if it's, if it's real or not. Lorenza Poorman, poor man. And so, so what we're hoping is that eventually we'll get a question from Lorenzo Richman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, somehow it feels like Steven needs to be here to tell a cheesy joke like that. I don't know. That, that joke was told in honor of Steven Johnson. So uh, Lorenza, this is a, a very simple question for her. Um, she asks, talk about using indicators to help with trading. And I, I would first say to that, uh, Lorenzo, if you haven't gone and listened to the series that we did on uh, Trader Checklist, we did a 14-part series this last July on it, and I don't remember exactly what the numbers are, but you can find that uh, on iTunes. That's all about indicators, isn't it, Tim? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it, yes, and and it's still a good question though, and and I'm, I, I will answer it briefly because you get this a lot, and 
there's a great image that, that everybody always, that posts the Twitter a lot and stuff. And, and there's this, there's this, if you, if you Google like technical indicators and go to Google images, you'll see this image where they, I think they added basically every single technical indicator to a chart. I mean, there's like 150 lines on this chart and then it's, it's a meme that below, you know, they, just like a normal meme, it's like, Oh, look, I found the bottom. Isn't it obvious? You know, and there's just lines everywhere. And that is what I think many newer traders run into is they think that, you know, more is better. And I was there. I mean, I used to, uh, you know, I started out with a lot of moving averages. I had Fibonacci's, I had VWAP, I played with RSI, the Ikemocho cloud. I mean, all, I mean, there's literally thousands of technical indicators. And I think the biggest, best answer is you need to focus on just a couple things that, that 52 week high and low. I mean, especially 52 week high, because if you're a, a newer trader, you're going to be predominantly long. You know, you're going to look to buy breakouts. That's one of the best setups to get started on. So 52 week high, make sure you're looking at the previous day close. I mean, I love, I mean, to this day, give me a stock that closed at the 52 week high yesterday and then hits a new high today. So now it's, it's a new high on the day. It's a new high on the year. I mean, those are two super important levels that everybody is looking at. And then VWAP. I mean, I mean, just get to the point where you're, you feel good, you know, trading above and below VWAP, reading VWAP. And I'm telling you, that is, those are the three in volume. I mean, I mean, people also, uh, actually, I'm glad I, I thought of that. I mean, people so often, uh, as newer traders, you know, I'll, they'll, people will send me a chart. I'm like, dude, this, this, it's a good looking chart. But the thing's trading a hundred thousand shares. I mean, you gotta look at the volume that, that you know, look at stocks that are trading a, at least a million shares a day, if not more. But that's it. You know, then when you're a year or two years in, you can start adding more. But those four and that's it, you know, until you, until you're what I would say, you know, moving into that intermediate, that consistent level, then you can get more elaborate. All right. So thank you for that, Lorenza. You get a mystery box. <laughs> and then we're going to do one more. And uh, this comes from Blaine Bennett. And before I read Blaine's question for us, he also provided some other feedback that's really nice to hear. So, so Blaine says, you know, this is a very useful and helpful podcast. I've been day trading for about a year and listening to old episodes. I can relate to the struggles Stephen has gone through. And Tim's guidance is always beneficial. Nice. You know, nice. Very, very simple. Thank you. Flattery will get you everywhere, Blaine. Um, so that's, you how, that's how you that's how you get your question on the podcast. <laughs> well, it could be, it could be. Um, so, so Blaine's question, and you're actually going to spend some time in a future episode with Stephen, uh, going into more detail in response to this question. But he's he wants to hear you talk about playing off daily support and resistance levels. Yeah, and actually, so that's what we're looking forward to in this coming episode is I've got a bunch of chart examples and Steven's going to have some as well. But so, yes, I mean, you know, I always, uh, I mean, and again, if you were in Stocks to Trade Pro, you'd see me do this. I never make a trade without looking at that daily chart. Um, a great example and one one that I had for today is a stock that's probably going to be in play this week. Again, it's the week of the 24th, uh, Fannie Mae, F-N-M-A, and bring up that chart from this week. 
and you'll see it just it couldn't break uh, a buck eighty, couldn't break a buck eighty, couldn't break a buck eighty. Then on Friday, it broke that level, then broke the the two dollar level, and it spiked I think to like two sixty five, and finished at you know near the highs. Um, so that is something that I please I, I see so many people that don't do it and. Going back to the joke about the bad sushi chart, I don't know how many times people will be like, hey, what do you think about this stock? And it's like, yeah, it's, it's up on the day. It has a catalyst. It has good volume. And then you go to the daily chart, and it's just, it's just a disaster. I mean, it's gone from $20 to like $0.20, cents, and then today it's at $0.40. Cents. And you'll be like, oh, it, but it's up 100%. But I'm like, think about the bag holders. Think about the long-term shareholders that have been in that disaster in that long-term downtrending chart. So um, in, in essence, what do I think about? Wait, 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 finish that thought. Why? What are, what are the bag holders going to do? So, okay, great question. So we joke about the bag holders, the bag holders. We make fun of them all the time as short-term down traders. So think about you, Glenn. Okay. So say you, and we've all been there. I've held, you know, especially before, I, you know, I found Tim Sykes in 2007 before I became an active day trader. You buy this stock because you believe it. Okay. Your brother-in-law tells you it's the best thing ever. You buy it and then you go about your business and a week later you're down 10%. And then a week later you're down 10%. And then you don't even want to open your brokerage account. I, I mean, have you ever, I, I, again, I know you don't actively day trade. Have you ever done that? Where you're oh, just like, I, 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 yeah, long time ago, I invested in something and it, and it, and it was an uncle, not a brother-in-law, but yes. <laughs> and, and that, that uh, disappeared really quickly. And, and you got to the point, I'm guessing you got to the point where you didn't even want to know what the price was. No, was no. Yeah. Okay. So that is the bag holder mentality. You're, you're, you're like, Oh God, I don't even want to know. So what's going to happen? When somebody, when your uncle calls you and he's like, dude, that thing's up 50% today. What are you going to do? Well, 50%, I want to look at it. I want to see 50% from, from where it was. Is it 50% of what I bought in for, or is it 50% well, of what I bought to? The, the idea is you're going to freaking sell because, okay, you've been oh, in right. this. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if I've been in this for a long time and I'm going to, I'm going to try and get as much out of it as I can. That's, and you're just, that's you're, just talk about. Yeah, you're, you're just like, Thank goodness it it because a lot of these stocks, I mean, they never uptick. Mm. Every day is red. Every day is red. And then you get that first big move. The idea is all these people that have been quote bagged are yeah. gonna sell. And then so, that precipitates another drop in price. Exactly, right? exactly. So that is why as a new trader, as a uh you know, looking for consistency avoid those bad sushi charts, avoid those long-term downtrending yeah. charts. And the, the lesson is always look at that one day, one, that the one year, one day chart or and, even further. So. And, and the reason it's called bad sushi, right? Is because it's, it's like the discount it. sushi that's been out on the market for two or three days and it's half price because it's going to make you sick. They want to recuperate the, you know, the, the cost of the product putting in there, but are you going to be the one that, that buys the bad sushi at a bad deal? And so it's these stocks that have a history of going down, going down, going down. That's like the, they're slowly yeah. expiring. Yeah. Exactly. The idea is, 
you know, who wants to buy this? I mean, again, I guess if you're starving to death, you'll buy four day old sushi, but you know, only the most desperate of the desperate are going to be buying this. Yeah. stuff. And it's the same with these stocks, yeah. you, know, you know, only desperate. And what are the odds that, you know, that sushi isn't going to be worth more on the fifth day or the sixth day. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah. I mean, are, is that something you want to buy now? Yeah. These stocks can spike, but the odds are bad. I mean, the odds are when you've got that long-term downtrending chart, odds are, I call it a one and done. It's probably going to spike today. And then tomorrow it's going to fade the next day, the next day. And then four days from now, it's right back where it came from. So yes, long winded answer. Please look at the one year chart or even the two or the three or five year. Me personally, I only look at the one year chart because in my experience, in my opinion, you know, the people that have been holding for two, three, four, five years, they're probably never going to sell, you know, they'll just, they'll wait for the stock to go to zero and their shares get canceled, you know, but to me, the most psychology is in that one year level because odds are if Glenn's owned this stock from six or eight months ago, he's still, he hasn't completely given up hope. So, so that's why I love the one year, one day chart. Yeah. All right. Well, bring us home, Tim. So, so that, that was the last question from Blaine and, and Blaine, you also get the mystery box. You will uh, and hear, hear even more in-depth response to this question with charts once Stephen is back. And we'll be recording that one in a couple of days. And so to the rest of you listeners, I would just encourage you once again, please go to the website, uh, go to our YouTube channel. And we're going to have a new YouTube channel soon. Um, you know, that's something to look forward to. But there will be a link to a survey. Fill it out. And if we use your question... You get a mystery box. You also get to hear your name. That's fun, huh? You get to hear your name on a podcast. Yeah, and I would, I don't want to say beg, but I would, I would, I would really, you know, please send those questions. These types of episodes are actually some of my favorite to do, whether we call them a mailbag or whatever you want to call them. But, you know, it's being in this business for 12 years, doing 1,300 webinars. I mean, I've talked about, everything trading related. I do it every day, but it's like, okay, what does the listener want to hear? You know, so, so right. please leave those questions. And I, again, I, I, I would love to do these episodes with, with your questions regularly. Hello, this is Daniel from Chicago, and I like to talk in my movie phone voice while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Study Trade Podcast. You can register to win prices at their website, studytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes, because I did. And this is how we say goodbye in Chicago. I hope it doesn't sound all weird. <laughs> oh, it sounds great. <laughs> all right, thank yeah. you, Ryan.